We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. been a long time uh been doing way too much traveling with work now that's out the picture uh don't want to go into that but oh my god ice it's so wonderful to see your beautiful face dice it up his back uh missed everybody um but now new year we're, we're getting back going oh my god look at the hearts that was cool uh if you're watching on youtube we love it uh <laughs> We are in January. Uh, this will be published on Wednesday. I believe that is January 10th. And we're recording on Monday, January 8th. And we have an awesome guest, uh, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Uh, we're going to be talking some Big 12 hoops, which you know I love. Uh, Jamie's always in the thick of it, specifically with Iowa State. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for talking hoops with us and hanging out. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. I was super excited just chatting with you randomly and then yes. getting invited on here. Super, super excited. I love any excuse to really get into some women's basketball, especially if we're talking Big 12. Absolutely. So can you tell uh, our listeners just uh, about what you do with Iowa State women's basketball and kind of uh, your background uh, in basketball as a whole? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm the analyst for radio broadcast for Iowa State women's basketball. It's my fifth year there. Uh, it's been really, really fun uh, just to kind of have that role there because I grew up in the program. My mom is uh, about to finish her 22nd year, I want to say. It's it's either 21st or 22nd at Iowa State. Uh, so she's been there for Nearly my whole life, um, she got hired by Coach Fenley back when he was at Toledo, uh, right out of college. So, like, that's the only job she's ever had is coaching. Um, 
And so I grew up in the program. It was like the best thing to ever happen to me. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love it. And so I went to school, did the journalism thing, and now I've been there. So I do radio for them. And I also am one of the co-hosts over at the 1012 podcast. So we talk all sorts of big 12 sports hoops there as well but uh never enough never enough for me so yeah super super excited to be here and be able to talk about big 12 obviously been a big part of my life but especially iowa state uh really really in the blood and as we were talking about before you get kind of a little bit of everything when you grew up in iowa because uh i actually married a hawkeye so nice. i've got like every iowa state background you could imagine you know my mom and then my brother played on the men's team like all that and then i married a hawkeye so like i've i've kind of got the the gamut as far as uh ties to sports here in iowa goes i mean it's been an exciting last few years especially in those iowa iowa state matchups and i think a lot of people thought it was going to be a down year in the iowa iowa state matchup with ashley jones leaving Lexi Donarski uh, transferring, and it turned out to be one of the best games of the year. And I mean, that kind of goes along with the the whole theme of Iowa State surpassing a ton of expectations for such a young team, not having a real idea of what they were going to look like this year. And I don't, Emily Ryan wasn't even playing in that game. No. Uh, the only, I'd say, real returner with significant minutes. So uh, just from your perspective, let's start there. Uh, being close to the team, what has this season been for you? Uh, if you could sum it up in a few words of of sur surpassing expectations, are you surprised with the maturity of the youth? Uh, I mean, you could go on and on, but there's so many players that are basically must-see TV at this point with the way they're playing and moving the ball. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's honestly unreal. Uh, this was a season – unlike any other in, you know, Coach Finley's time at Iowa State for several reasons. Um, obviously, the amount of new players on the roster, the amount of turnover, um, because in addition to the freshmen, you've got a couple of transfers. Uh, and so that's that's very, very different. Um, but the amount of youth is very different as well. Not often do you in general have a, a five-person class, but especially knowing, okay, they're coming in, they're all going to play. I've been saying for over a year now that all five of the freshmen were going to play. So even before we knew that there were going to be a couple people leaving, um, because there were five people graduating. And so you already knew that, but then you have Lex and Zanae deciding to find somewhere else. And so then it just became even more evident, but you know, at least they were already planning on playing them. Uh, and then the other part of it is that you have a team that's very forward and center heavy which is very much not like the usual formula for Iowa State. So you already had uh, all the youth, new people, whatever, and then you're also having a, a composition that's really different. So I have been beyond blown away. Uh, I don't think it could have been handled any better, frankly. Um, I, I did not know what to expect. Um, I still don't. You know, you try to go in with no expectations. Uh, Especially for me, like I'm, I'm very emotionally invested, but I'm not the one like out there coaching and playing. So I, I try to keep my head on straight. But um, I just have been so amazed with the maturity of of the freshmen coming in. 
especially like you mentioned, uh, Emily Ryan not playing for the beginning of the season changed a lot um, and put people into even more different roles than they were anticipating. And they just kind of came in, they showed up every day, ready to do whatever was asked of them. And then on the part of the coaching staff, I mean, you've had some years with really, really high expectations uh, from yourself and nationally. And so all of a sudden to have that turnover, to have a really different looking team, to have a really young team, um, just the fact that they've let them be freshmen, but also not lowering expectations as a result of it saying, okay, we know what you're capable of as players. We know what you can do. And so we're going to hold you to this high standard, but we're not going to get too down when you do things that freshmen do. Like I had someone reach out to me on Twitter and their comment as someone who doesn't, you know, particularly follow Iowa state or anything, but had just seen them and, and got interested in the freshmen was, I love how the coaches are letting them play through the quote unquote freshman moments, especially early in the season. And then all of a sudden you get into big 12 play and they look ready to play. They look really poised. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why you played through those tough ones, especially in games where you build up really big leads and people were spinning out because, oh, you, you're giving up all these points in the fourth quarter. And that should have been a, a 30 point blowout. And they only won by 15. It's like, it's still a win and you need to learn sometime. That's what I've been saying is you can't manufacture experience. So mm. it's been wild just to see that because I knew the potential these players had to some degree, but not, not what they'd be able to do so fast and how well they've mashed. Hmm. Um, one, thank you for the insight. Cause that's just, it's really awesome to hear up close and personal, like in depth, what that looks like. And then especially the social media aspect, because we know that that also takes a toll. Um, and we've seen that already early across the board in women's basketball, social media, taking a toll on players and careers and how they're feeling and playing or not playing, et cetera. Um, first, my first question for you on the lighter side. Is like all of your wardrobe like cardinal and gold? Because do you wear uh -huh. other colors? Like, is it are they your favorite colors? Because I just feel like if you were really born in this, and so that's what you've seen. So, like, tell me, like, does that dominate? Also, I'm saying this, and you have like a darker ish red lip on that could be considered cardinal. Just saying, but yeah, curious. So I've got a massive, massive stack of like t-shirts and stuff in my closet. I have a lot of. Uh, Iowa State gear, obviously, like the vintage. I, I'm real into the vintage. And then I have my mom and I wear the same size in almost everything. So I also can go and just snag whatever I need from her closet. The most important is that we wear the same shoe size. But yeah. uh, I, I have a lot. Uh, but then I try to keep it a little bit more neutral when I'm calling games and stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I've got all sorts of other stuff. I also call like volleyball for Drake. I started this past season. So you got to be able to switch it up a little bit. But yeah, I've got I've got all sorts of other stuff outside of it. But I've got more Iowa State gear than uh, I probably could conceivably wear in like a year. But, you know, it, you, you, you accumulate things over yeah. time for sure. <laughs> I love that you said you try to dress neutral on the broadcast because I learned like early that you really have to think about the colors. 
Mm-hmm. And like if someone is blue and white, you cannot go in there with a royal blue blazer and just be neutral. Like you have to think about these things. So I've started recently like coordinating outfits and thinking of colors. And I'm like, mm, orange is too close to red. Like that Iowa Ohio State game, this might not be it. I might need to just go with pink. Like, so it's it's funny that you say that, but I feel like that's just a small thing amongst broadcasters that we do to like, you know, still Yeah. Even when I'm team media, like I'm on the side, I'm yeah. on press row, I'm there. So I'm like, all right, you know, like I'll be professional, but I'm not gonna be wearing like my Iowa State sweatshirt, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I mean, I, I don't follow that. I, I almost got kicked out of like the Liberty Media section, I think, or at least one media person wanted to kick me out uh when when I was celebrating. Uh, I think it was game, it was definitely game three when we were winning. I was going nuts up there. And someone's like, you need to be neutral. And I'm like, you are only here for the playoffs. I'm here all year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get, I, I, I don't follow the rules. That's that's classic of me. But but back to back to Iowa State, you were going to ask something nice? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, since, we, since we're talking about the team, I think we have to talk about the week that you guys have coming up in the competition. Um, some really tough stops, probably the toughest week you might see all season um, besides an NCAA tournament. So number 24, West Virginia, that's on Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. And then right back on Saturday, you followed up with number four, Baylor, who is like the team of the week across the country right now. Sarah Andrews, um, one of the most dynamic scorers in the country. Um, I don't think she gets enough credit and recognition for what she's doing compared to the pages and the, you know, Caitlin's and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to back that Wednesday, Saturday, top 25 competition, you know, what are you looking forward to and what do you need to see out of your, out of your cyclones? Oh man, you know, it's just such a big opportunity. Like that's a word that I've been using a lot this season when I'm calling games because, that's the thing is when when there's a lot of unknowns, uh, you you could say, okay, well, we don't know, you know, this could go poorly. But on the other hand, you have such a big opportunity to show people what you're capable of, what you can do. And so they've started doing that uh, for sure with getting wins, especially close wins, wins on the road, wins in tough environments. Um, but this is this is the big one here where, you you have your feet under you a little bit uh and you've you've kind of seen a lot of different styles already uh played a tough non-conference schedule which does prepare you more for the conference season like i don't think that they win all three of these close games if they hadn't seen tough competition already uh but you you have you have ranked competition now and so um it's it's looked at differently not by the team not by the coaching staff but nationally and so when you're right on the verge of I think really starting to get some of that notice it you're you're right on the precipice and so uh it, it's really exciting and especially having them both at home is huge yeah. uh I I know that this past week uh when Kansas came to town a midweek game I'm looking around and it was an incredible crowd. Um, mm. I was really, really impressed. People are taking notice of how fun this team is, that they're pretty dang good. Uh, and Iowa is a state where people want to support women's basketball, where people love women's basketball. So, you know, th- there's been great crowds all year and obviously the sellout against Iowa, but then to have people really showing up for the start of conference play was big. So now you've gone and you've gotten 
a couple more wins under your belt and you have these opportunities with these ranked opponents at home. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. I think that the environment's going to be terrific. Uh, if, if maybe people can brave the, the snow that we're supposed to be getting, especially for Wednesday, but then for Saturday, I know people always have it circled because especially in these past couple of years, Iowa state and Baylor has become an incredible rivalry. You know, it's been really back and forth. So uh, it, it's, it's big, uh, and it's gotta be, you know, everyone has to contribute. That's the thing with this team this year is that it's not always going to be one player. You, there's a couple players that, you know, are going to contribute every game, but it's, you know, your leading score could be different. Your second leading score is almost certainly going to be different. Uh, and then third down the list, there's always going to be someone else. So, uh, everyone has to be really prepared, uh, especially for uh, a couple games where, you know, West Virginia is going to want to get up and down the court. Baylor plays a lot of people. So uh, if you if you want to contend with that, it means that the whole roster has got to be ready and they've proven that they have been thus far. And so it's uh, it, I think it's a really good time to have these games where you've won some, uh, you, you've started to get people kind of noticing, but now you really get to kind of measure yourself against some of the best teams of the conference and say, all right, where are we at? And where can we go the rest of this conference season? Yeah. And West Virginia, after their first loss, that's that they're going to be fired up. Yeah. Uh, but everyone talk- has been Kansas was, you know, that's just going to be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be definitely exciting. Uh, definitely going to make my my wife drive uh that stretch on saturday when there's games all day and she's going to be really annoyed when she hears the iowa state game coming through uh my phone on the bluetooth but uh talking about some of the players that are that are delivering every night um one that stands out uh addy brown uh freshman and i mean i was looking this up because uh, you know her numbers are pretty eye-popping there's only been three freshmen over the last 15 years for who stats that have averaged 15, five and five. Um, she's averaging 15 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Um, two of those freshmen are, are having seasons this year. That's Hannah Hidalgo, who everyone is kind of talking about mm-hmm. uh, getting nationally recognized, you know, for her defense or offense and the opportunity she's gotten at uh, Notre Dame. Um, Caitlin Clark was in 2020 and then, Addie Brown. So she's already putting up some historic numbers. Uh, what has, or what have you been most impressed by, uh, with Addie? And did you already kind of know this coming in? I know like, uh, you know, with, with your mom having, having prior knowledge of, of Addie, but seeing her in person, uh, what have you been most impressed by? Man, it's, it's her maturity. Um, you know, that's, I, I travel with the team to call the games. And so I'm sitting on the plane with my mom after their game out at BYU. And it was, it was tough. It was a great environment. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a tight, tight win on the road. And we're sitting there, we're like, she plays not even like a senior. She plays like the, like the super seniors, like the sixth year seniors, like, it is, it is something I have never seen from a freshman. And so she's just someone who she's going to do what needs to be done to win. And if that's scoring uh, and knocking down shots, she'll do that. If it's passing and finding her teammates, you know, she's had a really great connection with Audie Crooks down low. Mm-hmm. She'll do that. 
And if it's rebounding, which, you know, it's always rebounding, she for sure will do that. You know, she says, my mom, my mom was a big rebounder. Her mom played college basketball. So, you know, that was her thing is she wasn't always a huge scorer, but she always rebounded. And so that's what she says is if I don't rebound, I know I'm going to hear about it from my mom. It's not that the coaches are going to get on her. It's that her mom will. So uh, that's, that's a really great mindset, but yeah, I mean, she just, she's extremely mature. She doesn't get shaken. She doesn't get rattled. Um, and so it's, it's really impressive to see a young person able to be at that point this early in their career. And it just leaves so much open for, okay, if that's where you are 14 games in, where can you go to? Because that's the kind of you know, steadiness that a lot of people aspire to by the time they're done. So that's, that's what's been so impressive to me is that she just, she's very businesslike. She's very just, you know, eyes forward, eyes on the prize. Uh, But then she comes off and she's, you know, super tight with her team. She's a fun kid, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very, uh, very fun thing to see where the whole group, they're all super tight, but especially her, it's just the maturity is, it's astounding. Mm. Yeah, I I tweeted during the game. I think it was uh, I mean, because Iowa State built a, a pretty decent lead, and then all of a sudden, you know, BYU gets it within four with like a minute left, and Addy hits a three, and I tweeted, "Addy Brown not afraid at the moment." I tweet some bad things about players. But I, I'm like an open book. I'm not always positive because I don't think we should be. I think we should be absolutely equal. Uh, then she immediately commits a turnover the next possession. And then gets fouled. And I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if, you know, she's thinking about the turnover. And, of course, she makes both free throws. Iowa ends up walking away with a five-point win in Provo. Uh, exciting player. Um, I loved everything that you said. Have to have to watch her develop uh, even more. Uh, sky's definitely the limit. Um, and as a Texas fan, I'm not excited um, to play against a player like that. I mean, when you got a, a James Harden-esque step-back three that's hitting that consistently. Um, I immediately love the player, but, uh, you know, I wish she was kind of wearing burnt orange, but it's, that's me. Um, all right. Uh, so we, we definitely covered some Iowa state. Want to talk some other, uh, big 12 teams, uh, want to cover, you, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to, I want to know who do you think is the most dangerous team in the big 12? Um, and I think dangerous in terms of, you know, you may not expect it, but if they peak at the right moment, is going to be over for a few folks. Um, and so, like, we're seeing Baylor right now at their peak, right? Undefeated, mm-hmm. hooping, leading in statistical categories. Um, you know, we've seen Texas at their peak. And then they're trying to find a new peak right now as their team is figuring out what to do without Rory Harmon. Um, but who do you feel like is the most dangerous team in the league aside from, you know, your team, if you thought so? Yeah. So, um, when I think dangerous, I think, especially if you're looking at long-term, um, going into the end of the conference season, but then postseason especially, and Mm -hmm. to be really good there, you've got to be balanced. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so there's a couple of teams in the league that are very, very, very good, um, that are probably going to be at the top of the league, but they maybe are missing one thing. And, you know, with Texas, it's that obviously, especially with Rory out, they're fit at the guard core. Uh, For Baylor, they don't really have a whole lot of height to them, which is 
wild considering mm-hmm. what Baylor has historically been. Um, but when you look at balance, you've got K-State uh, is is about as balanced a team as you could find. And so their big thing has been finding consistency outside of Aoka Lee uh, mm. because Aoka has been so good, mm. way better than I could have, that I think most people could have anticipated coming off of that injury. Um, she's moving better than she was before she was hurt. Uh, and, you know, having that full year to rehab clearly did her a lot of good. Um, and, and play in more minutes than I probably anticipated she'd be able to as well. So that's huge. Uh, I, feel, but then, I feel like she's on a WNBA push. Oh, 100%. I, I said coming into yeah. this year that I thought she can come, she can finish out her college career and, and be really happy with it. But I thought that was probably kind of where it would lead. Exactly. On. Yeah, exactly. I think she told us all, like I worked in the off season mm-hmm. to get my stock up and she has like, I mean, right now, like the post game across women's college landscape is really deep. You know, mm-hmm. we have post players who are extremely versatile doing different things. Um, but she has definitely like pushed her stock, you know, yeah. I'm impressed with how consistent she's been yeah. as well. Um, and then their team tremendous defensively, they hold their opponents to 50 points a game. Yeah, so yeah. Also like defensively, you can tell she's playing both sides of the basketball. Exactly. And watching. <laughs> exactly. And so that's where, you know, they have they have those things. And then they have really great pieces that just haven't always shown up in every game. Mm-hmm. But if they can get them to show up consistently, then there's there's not a team in the country that they can't beat. You know, Serena Sundell's an incredible point guard. She's super versatile. She can do so much. She's tall. She's long. She's athletic. Um, and then you've got the Glenn twins who are terrifying to go up against on defense. I would assume, I know that watching my own team go up against them is scary and they've got talent on the bench as well. Um, and, and some really good young talent. They've got Santa Walker, they've got Taryn sides, and then they've got Sanchez who really can come in and she gives them a different look when she's coming in at the five. So, uh, if they can get everyone kind of hitting and especially shoot, if Gabby Gregory can get even close to as efficient as she was at times last year, then they're really cooking. Um, But they haven't quite gotten there yet. And so I think that if they continue to push, they just had, I mean, the shooting night of their lives against UCF. They had, you know, one of the Glens went seven for seven from the floor. Serena was 10 for 14. Like that's pretty impressive. So uh, they definitely are intimidating there. And then the other one is, kind of a, a, well, a huge question mark now in TCU where they put together a, as good of a starting five as you could get from the portal. Uh, and that's really good to mm. be clear. Uh, but now Sedona Prince is out mm. until who knows, you know, we're, we're looking at potentially three, four weeks, you know, not a real timeline given, but she said she'd be back, but that's the biggest loss on the team. She's the most impactful on both ends of the court. So uh, their their ceiling is considerably lower without her. But if she comes back and she is actually healthy, she could uh, shake things up a little bit. Their lack of depth is the other thing that's going to limit them. But, you know, they're not probably going to be making a national championship run, but they could knock someone out that was yeah. thinking they could. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I I agree. I agree. I just uh while while you were talking about K State, I went and looked and, and saw how many times I've tweeted my cats 
uh, and I've done it already eight times this season. Um, I'm obsessed with this team. Um, absolutely obsessed. I, I knew expectations for them weren't going to be as high just because they, you know, didn't, uh, they didn't make tournament last year. They, you know, got, I wouldn't say walked over, but like they started the season off, you know, pretty well. They beat Iowa last year. Um, obviously the injury, but, uh, I think you touched on it, the length of this team. Um, and it, and it, you see it with, uh, the subs that come in too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone has done a better job on Caitlin Clark than Zayana Walker. I mean, I think that was a mm-hmm. absolute defensive masterclass and mm-hmm. sure. Caitlin had a much better game. Um, I mean, it's hard to play a team two times in a span of like two weeks and you only have like a day to prepare, but <laughs> I, I love what Jeff, uh, coach Jeff Mitty's done, um, with this team. Uh, they look like they're having fun and yeah, I mean, if Gabby can, can do just a fraction of what she's been able to do in past seasons, uh, I think sky's. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The limit. Um... It's been my hottest take all year that the cats are going to win it all. And, um, and I hate saying, I mean, I was all Texas, but obviously Rory changes things. Um, love the horn still. Uh, but, uh, this is my team now. Um, I'm all in, I'm all in on the cats. Uh, only team to hold Caitlin Clark, uh, like her team at Iowa under 60 points in, in her entire time at college. Um, and I can anticipate that won't happen again. Um, Iowa is obviously can score the ball. Uh, so I'm all in on the cats, uh, TCU, you nailed it. The depth is just abysmal. Um, I, I wagered, uh, some dollar bills, some big dollar bills on TCU against Oklahoma state without realizing Sedona Prince wasn't playing. And I immediately knew that money was gone forever. Um, forever. (laughs) And I mean, it's just like watching them try to score in that second half uh it was basically just threes and trying to get to the free throw Mm -hmm. line there was like nothing else and it was they were chucking it's like uh it's like they almost had to come up with a new identity on the fly uh without sedona prince and uh i mean i feel like watching texas without rory Harmon, they've been able to do a lot of great things when they've lost their best player uh, they're finding other ways to score. Other players are stepping up, scoring in different ways. Their defense has, I don't want to say dropped off at all because they held West Virginia under uh, 50 points. And I think they limited them to three threes, three for 34 or something like that. Uh, just Ooh. incredible. Um, so I, I do wonder, what do you think Texas's ceiling is now without Rory Harmon? And, uh, what do you think this experience is going to do development wise for one of the other best freshmen in the big 12 Madison Booker? Yeah. So it's, it's really tough because Texas has a lot of really, really talented players. Um, And, and I actually talked about this a little bit 
early, early on in the season uh, when I was on Mark Schindler's podcast. And I said, you know, the thing with Texas is they've got a lot of great players, but a good chunk of them are playing somewhat out of position. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got a lot of players that would maybe be a three, a four, maybe a five that are shifting over a spot or two, especially now with Rory out. So you, you have to be able to kind of handle uh, being in, in a different spot and also playing a style that allows them to still succeed. And so that's certainly something that Texas has been able to do. And I think that there's very few teams who are in a position to exploit that very much. And so I don't think that it's going to end up being super, super impactful uh, in Big 12 season, uh, mm. especially if if West Virginia couldn't exploit it as far as their guard situation mm. and all that is concerned, um, then who really is uh, that wouldn't already have been able to compete with them well? I think that it puts Kansas State, again, you know, in, in a spot where, okay, they, they might feel even a little bit better about uh, their matchup there. That's going to be a, a big kind of highlight uh, is, is the guard matchup. But I, I think their ceiling is a little bit lower as far as postseason aspirations um, because there are just, especially this year, there are too many complete teams. And so there are going to be teams who can – contend to some degree with their height and who do have a little bit more of the uh, guard depth because as, as great as their roster is at a certain point, it's, it's kind of overkill. And that's not to say that any of their players are replaceable, but to have like seven forwards slash centers and to have like three guards, if you're playing ball now, which I guess they are, it it just it takes away a lot from what you have as an option. And so I still think that they have a great chance to be uh, near the top of the Big Twelve by the end of the year. Um, you know, top probably two, three, but. I, I think that they could be a early out of the tournament if it's the right mm-hmm. matchup, but otherwise, um, I, I think that their their ceiling is just a little bit lower. You know, they could they very well still could be like an elite eight team. Mm. I just don't think they're probably a final four team, and I would probably feel pretty different if if Rory was still playing. I think, and I think that's what it is, right? Is like Rory not playing. But I think in looking at their team, it's built around Rory being Rory. Yes. You know, and then the supporting pieces you need, the bigs to rebound, to deter you from block from coming into the paint, the shooters on the outside to knock down shots and continue to spread the floor so she can do what she wants. And so when I thought, when she went out, I thought about like, what other player across the country affects a team as much from this position and how they play? Mm-hmm. And it's Anna Hildago. Mm-hmm. I was like, if Anna Hildago right now had to sit a game for Notre Dame. They would become 10 times slower yeah. on both sides of the basketball because they she would, have, they would have less turnovers though. 
I'm playing. I'm playing. Inner dog is amazing. It's okay. But yes, and that listen, that's a consequence, right? Of pace and and Mm -hmm. and players, right? She turns the ball over, she also gets it back at the highest rate of anybody else in the country. For sure. You know? Um, but the the same goes for Rory, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think it's just an example of teams that are built around one dynamic player that's dynamic on both sides of the basketball that controls the pace. And now I feel like for Texas, that's my biggest concern is like, can their pace still be the same? Can they still be as dynamic defensively with these bigger have to be slower lineups? Yes. And does, and does the execution change because now you need to rely on your size more. You can't rely on someone being so dynamic. Like, like Shea Gonzalez is good guys, but she's not the comparison of playmaking ability. That really is, you know? Yes. And that's giving Shay a ton of credit because this is the second time she's had to step in and kind of, you know, filled this void. And I, and I know it just, we, Dano and I chatted with her. It just was not the expectation, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but a credit to her for being one of those players to share that role and fill that void. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I also didn't address like Madison Booker, you know, she stepped in and she's running a lot of the point there. And so um, it's going to be really big for her development um it, it's gonna make her more comfortable with the ball in her hands um it's it's going to really hone her decision making but in the meantime there's gonna be some bumps in the road like that is she's oh, not yeah. a, she's not a point guard like yeah. she is she is extremely talented but at the end of the day she's not a point guard that is not the position you would prefer to have her in and so just because it's it's one of your best options right now doesn't mean that it's long term the best option but it does mean that you know eventually uh when when Rory is is hopefully back next season and stuff like that she's going to be someone who can be a better crisper off guard when right. she's able to move back to her natural position but uh, they are going to need the whole cast to kind of rally around her and to be able to help her out and make sure that, okay, you know, it, she can't have the weight of the world on her shoulders. Um, and so it's, it's going to be really interesting because she's, she's a very talented, capable player that I already thought was playing maybe a little bit out of position. I think she'd be mm-hmm. really, really good as like your three or four Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being able to kind of get those mismatches potentially, uh, based on her skills on the perimeter as well as her strength and her length inside. Uh, but then she's playing at the two, and now all of a sudden she's playing at the one as well. And so, uh, yeah, she can get some mismatches, but also she's gonna struggle a little bit defending on the perimeter at times. Um, she's going to struggle sometimes under pressure. So it's yeah. it's going to be a big positive for her long term. Uh, but there's going to need to be a little bit of grace from, you know, oh, yeah. from fans, from anyone watching just to understand yeah. the situation. And and that's the thing is that Texas is still so good yeah. that they're still going to win a lot of games. So it's not like, oh, well, she's going to be the difference between all these wins and losses. Like she she is a huge difference maker, but it's not on her to make or break the season. Yeah. I mean, I, I if you would have asked me. um what are the odds uh, Texas goes into Morgantown and wins by 21? I would have said, uh, you know, a thousand to one. Like, there's no way that happens. Uh, just with like the type of team that West Virginia has, how they thrive on pressure, and Texas control the game the entire time. Um, and I think you know some of the points you're making about uh, the turnovers that that Madison has and will continue to have are, are going to be there. But uh, the other thing that I think was also great for her coming, you know, as a freshman was 
when you have Rory out there, she's drawing probably your toughest guard defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that is definitely going to be put on Madison. So uh, even more of an opportunity. I mean, like you brought that up with Iowa State and what they have this weekend. Um, and then I'm coming to the realization right now that Texas is playing Kansas State on that same day that Iowa yes. State is playing Baylor. This is going to be a terrible upcoming Saturday for me. Uh, stress, anxiety, uh, maybe some financial anxiety. We all know what I do. <laughs> Um, but just those games being an hour apart is just not fair to the viewer. Uh, big 12 be better. Um, just saying, uh, I do want to give some grace to some of the, uh, the other teams in the conference and and touch on them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've had a, you know, too many chances to watch some of the other teams. Obviously you watch BYU, uh, but there's, you know, Cincinnati, OU, they played, Mm -hmm. uh, this weekend, um, UCF, uh, they also played against OU this weekend. Who did who did uh, UCF played against uh, Kansas State? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, the other teams. I am I am blanking out on. Uh, oh, the Cowgirls who got a win at TCU, but I can probably put an asterisk on that. Uh, you got to see them up close and personal. Uh, I loved them last year. Uh, they were a crazy second half away from put, you know, taking down Miami. I think they were up 19 um, in the NCAA tournament. That was a horrible, horrible letdown. But I do love uh, what what Coach JC does. Um, I, I think she's a great coach. I just think her offense thrives when she has a, a playmaking guard who can also shoot. And I think that's kind of what they're missing this year with the inconsistency of Anna Gradassi. But I think she's still great. Um mm-hmm. What do you think that team is is still still missing right now? I mean, what they're really missing is is some of their players that they had to start the year that they no longer have, right? Yeah. You know, you you've, you've oh. had Chandler Prater yeah. uh, going down to a season ending injury with her yes. Achilles. Uh, that is a Completely really about that. tough blow, uh, and then. I, I I can't even begin to speculate like I wouldn't either way, but mm. uh, you've you've had a couple players step away from the team in some capacity. Yeah. You know, Kennedy Fondleroy announcing they announced that she's uh, not coming back. Uh, Brandon mm. Jackson played fairly limited minutes early, but very early on um, she was injured, presumably, and then hasn't been around the team either. So uh, that is that's really tough because now you're contending with uh, a lack of depth on top of everything else, and so that that changes things a lot. Uh, you've got a couple of freshmen that just aren't quite ready to step into into bigger roles, uh, and then you've got Staley Hurd, who absolutely has been, and then uh, I I don't think that this is going to end up playing a huge role, but. I don't know if you guys saw this. We did because we were their first game in Big 12 play. Uh, in between semesters, Oklahoma State went back into the portal for people who didn't find a landing spot. And Emily Ebert from Kansas State is now on their roster. So uh, she's there. She played a lot of basketball. Uh, and she, I mean, she started a bunch of games for K-State. Not a huge scorer, but hey, she'll practice. She's a body. She's suiting up. So uh, that's at least another player that they can put in the game that has experience. But so they're allowed to play, like even if yeah. you pick up a. That's wild. NCAA is crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, because she never ended up anywhere. So she entered within the correct time frame. Mm. Um, and she had graduated from K-State. And so it was that at semester, they could enroll her. And so um, they were able to go in and say, hey, you know, what are you doing? You want to <laughs> come on down? So yeah, she's she's going to be with them for the rest of the semester. So especially when you don't have the numbers to even be practicing five on five, right. uh, that makes a really big difference. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of like a, a storyline script here of a player just looking, you know, they're, they're in their graduate transfer year and they're like, all right, which team has the best shot of, you know, taking it this year. I, I mean, that, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, to me, I'm all about the players, like let them do whatever they want. Uh, yeah. I love it. Um, Cool. I had no idea that was happening. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I don't um, know that she's played in a game yet, but like she's she's suited up, she's on the bench, she's there. And so even just having like the maturity there, someone who's been there before, uh, especially when you have someone like Staley Hurd, who's a freshman who's played who's playing so many minutes doing so much for them. The fact that Ebert has been in the conference uh and you know has been there, has seen things, that's really big to have her as well as Garzon and Assis, since they did have a ton of turnover from mm -hmm. last year. Um, mm -hmm. Just to have kind of that that presence is, I think, huge for them. So that's it's, it's very interesting. Not that, you know, she'll probably be on the court a ton, uh, but it's 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 certainly something. But yeah, I don't know. They've, they've got some solid pieces, but they're just not quite there yet. I mean, Adegra is, I love her. Same. I love her game, but she's not a point guard. So that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's just kind of tough there. Um, I, I think that I would love to see in, in situations where they're not getting pressured a whole lot. I would really like to see Quincy Noble maybe handling the ball a little mm. bit more and, and initiating some of the offense to allow Onagret to move off ball some. Um, but I also understand why they prefer to have her in the off guard position. I just think, Hey, you know what, at this point, like why not change it up a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the expectations aren't like super crazy, uh, but I definitely don't see them beating teams like Texas this year. Uh, no. I'm trying to think if they had any other big, big 12 wins last year. They, I think they beat Oklahoma once, but uh, obviously this Oklahoma team is a lot different than, than previous years. Uh, you lose a player like Maddie Williams, and Taylor Robertson. That's it's, it's going to be tough, uh, especially yeah. in that system. Um, I had the privilege of, of wagering money and watching them miss 27 straight threes. It brought back Houston Rockets uh, game seven, Golden State Warriors memories. It was it was tough. Um, but enough enough about that. A little of the final questions. Um, Iowa State, like you said, played a great uh, non-conference schedule. They played teams like uh, Syracuse, Vanderbilt, uh, Drake, um, Iowa. Um, outside of like Caitlin Clark, who is obviously a, a awesome player to watch live, who are some of the other team or players from across the country that you really enjoyed uh, getting to see up close and personal? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I think I first want to say how we didn't, I mean, we knew that, okay, this was going to be a tough non-conference, especially going out and knowing, all right, you're, you're playing some, some high major schools at your Thanksgiving tournament, which usually your expectation is you'll play like one high major and one mid major. And that's mm -hmm. not how it panned out since you and I was out there. Um, but I don't think that most people anticipated how well Syracuse and Vanderbilt were going to be playing to this day. 
Uh, I've been really impressed with them on the whole. Uh, yeah, go orange. Go gosh, orange. They have been, they've been so impressive. But, I mean, when you look at the kind of rosters they have, the kind of players they have, it's not that, that shocking. Um, but, man, Deja Fair is incredible. Uh, just she has – I've talked a lot recently with, with various people about, like, the kind of killer instinct mm. that some players have, some players don't. You know, you can be an extremely high-level player – but maybe not have just that that know-how, that grit where, okay, whatever has to be done, I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. Deja Fair absolutely has it. Um, the, the supporting cast she has around her is really impressive. Uh, Georgia Woolley, she's, she's kind of been up and down a little bit, but yeah. when she plays to her capabilities, uh, yeah. she is an extremely dynamic player. She's really fun to watch. She's got good length to her. Um, and then... Obviously, when you're talking uh, about Adija Fair, when you're talking Syracuse, and then when I also mentioned Vanderbilt, what am I going to do but mention Jordan Cambridge? I mean, gosh, God. she is. She she was so impressive as well. That was huh, a team that is young and was missing their first team all Big 12 point guard, struggling mm-hmm. a little bit against really, really talented, mature, guard-led teams. Mm-hmm. All right. Understandable. But I mean, she was incredible as well. Um, they are they are so, so fun to watch. Uh, really enjoy that. And then I am at my core a, a big fan of post play. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I really enjoy a good post player. And so it's been fun just to see the diversity, which I know you kind of mentioned, there's there's so many really good post players doing it in different ways. Yeah. Uh, and so that's part of what I'm so excited with in this Big 12 slate this year, where you have a lot of very, very different kinds of post players. You have Aoka Lee, who I will continue to say I absolutely adore. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to see Sonata Prince back on the court because I was really excited to see her against high-level competition. Uh, she, she obviously took a a huge step forward, even with the Mm -hmm. lack of really big high level competition in their non-conference slate, what she was doing was still, uh, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of what we mostly saw at Oregon. Um, her presence is, is a lot of the reason why the rest of their offense was able to open up so much, why we might see Madison Connor struggle a little bit more Mm -hmm. without her there to suck the defense away. But um, really, really like her. And then obviously Texas has a whole laundry list of people that can succeed inside. Uh, and then even at Baylor, Joanna Edwards is so fun God. for, you know, being a little bit Dog. undersized height wise, but yeah. just the talent and her, her determination, you know, she is very much a willing her team forward, willing herself to do things. Uh, yeah, you. And so it's crazy. She, yeah, yeah. She she's brilliant. So uh, those are all really really fun. Um, and then hey, even you know teams like you and I. Uh, gosh, they had one of the toughest non conference schedules in the country, yeah. uh, and I think had really high aspirations, but lost their preseason uh, Missouri Valley Player of the Year in Grace Buffelli partway through. So that really hurt, and she's not back yet. But Maya McDermott is uh, their their leader. Uh, she lit us up in Hilton, had the 
absolute game of her life, set a career high after tying it against us the year before. You know, she's she's a heck of a player, but she's really fun to watch. Coach Fenley said he's like, we basically used our game plan from Caitlin Clark on Maya McDermott. Like, that's wow. how we traded her today. Wow. And she lived up to that. Uh, and and she just, she's, she's not going to do it every game. Um, but when she's on Boy, she is on. She can shoot it. She can handle the ball against us. She was going inside. She was coming outside. Like, I think she is a very, very fun player. And again, you know, she's a local kid. She's from Iowa. So uh, there's been so many players that I've been really lucky to watch in person and will continue to be able to see them. So it's a uh, man. And, and then not even getting into all the freshmen, you know, going out to BYU, seeing Kaylee Woolston, seeing Amari yeah. Whiting, like what they did. I was I was really impressed. I didn't expect Amari Whiting to be where she is now yet, um, to really be leading that team, to show the kind of composure that she did in that close game late. Uh, you know, it's, she's coached kid, so yeah, yeah. We we know how we know how that goes a little bit. You know, she knows the game. She's she's got a good high IQ, yeah. but. No, I mean, there's, there's, I could go on for the next hour and like name yeah. a guy, but uh, it, it's been really, really fun to watch. Love that, love that. We, we thank you. Uh, where can if if we want to listen to you call games, where can can our listeners do that? Uh, Sirius. Uh, so uh, it's um it's through our our local affiliates, but then it's also on the Varsity Network. So we're a Learfield okay. affiliate. So you can use the Varsity Network app. Uh, you can also go just onto cyclones.com. If you go into the schedule, they always link the online broadcast Perfect. on there. So make it pretty easy for you. And then I'm we're back recording weekly on the 1012 podcast as well. So you can find me over there talking, you know, Big 12 basketball, whatever. Love that. We'll have to we'll, we'll add some links in there and uh, I'll make sure to go listen to the 1012. I can't believe I wasn't already. Uh, shame on me. Um, but I got I, I to gotta drive 30 hours to 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 new york uh this weekend so i'm gonna be really annoying i mean my wife loves hoops but she loves watching probably not as much listening so um she's gonna get a full douse of, of the 10 12 this weekend there um, you go. thank you so much for hanging out with us talking hoops i just wanted to say i will see you soon i have the oh sorry i thought i would see you soon but I'm not going to see you soon. You should sorry. pump fake, pump fake live on the pod. Just pump fake. Yeah, I'm sorry. We got to cut this part. So sorry. So sorry. But yeah, okay. I, I literally we're like, manifesting. Yes, I'm yeah. manifesting. Sometimes I was looking and I was like, I have an Iowa game. Uh, and I couldn't remember which one, and I couldn't remember which one. So I was like, let me go and double check, and it's not coming yes. up. Like, oh, not the other one. Uh, uh, as I was there, checking, 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 check. I was like, yeah. Well, Ice, we we just gotta we gotta make a trip out to Ames. I've been telling uh I've been telling a good buddy of mine that I'm gonna make it out there for for a game. And now that we we know Jamie, we gotta go. Um, we gotta see the most exciting freshman core in the nation, probably. Um, gotta see it. Um, but thank you again. And and yes, we're manifesting. Ice calling a game. Uh, then it's gonna be a really tough decision dilemma for me. Which one do I do? You know, listen to? Do I? It's, it's, I don't want to think about that. Problem for future me. Um, but yes, Big Twelve Wednesday and Saturday. Get ready, people. Um, and catch Jamie. We'll post all her links uh, below. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you guys. Really appreciate it.